Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to Nobody Panic. Oh, 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 oh what oh. an cracker of an episode we've got. Oh, oh this one's going to be so good and spooky, but not spooky, just uh, spells and bits. And this is Halloween. This is Halloween. Hall- Tessa likes Halloween. Specifically, it's how to read your tarot or tarot. It's tarot. Or somebody else's tarot, not even your own. Oh my god, somebody else's tarot. How to that? read tarot Ooh. in general with our great witch friend, Caroline. Oh my god, hello everyone. Hello, hello Caroline. Are we all feeling very spectacular? We're feeling very yes. spectacular. We're very excited. We've all got our cards clutched in our little paws. We're really excited to learn. So this is a friend of the podcast, Caroline O'Donoghue, author extraordinaire, podcast owner herself. Please go and check out Sentimental Garbage. And you may know her from Sentimental in the City, the award-winning Sex in the City podcast. Mm. And she has also written a number of books for adults and now for the young adults. (laughs) The second one is out. second one is coming in February. The first one is called All Our Hidden Gifts. The second book is called The Gifts that bind us. <laughs> which which are they? And you if, have to read the book. And if you were a teenage girl, remember being a teenage girl, were a teenager of any kind, have ever felt what it is to lose a friend, make a friend, not be included, be too included, be the coolest kid in school for a bit and not know how to hold on to it, and or tarot cards, this is your bag. God, the whole gamut of the human race, I think, is what's happening there. Before we sort of get mm. into the tarot, mm. we're not going to do an adult thing this week because we want to just focus on reading of the cards. Mm. Caroline, what, what's the most adult thing you've done this week, though? Do you know what? I thought I would, like, tacitly include Tessa in the adult thing. A few months ago, me and Tessa were in a, in a nightclub. In the club. <laughs> we were in the club. And in this particular club, there was a pole in it. And Tessa said something to me that I'll, I'll never forget. And she said, we all know a pole is coming. (laughs) (laughs) We all we all go through life knowing that about once a year we're going to run into a pole in like a public nightclub space and everyone's going to get a bit pissed and have a go. And don't we want to be prepared? And I was like, yeah, I wish I was prepared. 
And now in any other circumstance with any other friend, I think we would just let that go as being a fun bit. And then every now and then, every six months, bring up the idea that we might learn pole dancing. But me and Tessa went to a pole dancing class last week. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And the adult thing, I think, is that I think both of us are... Well, I'm not going to speak for you, actually. Uh, For me... Mm. I was very unsporty as a kid, felt very alienated by all of that, was like very much the person who was constantly faking cramps so they didn't have to do anything ever. And like I hated acknowledging having a a body at all. I just wanted to be a brain in a jar with a book. And so doing anything physical in front of people, I find so overwhelming. For me, the adult thing was, and I don't know about you, Tess, but like breaking the embarrassment sort of glass ceiling of Mm. being the worst in the class. Like there was one other... what we found out was that it was a beginner class, but like a beginner in this context is not someone who knows nothing. It's someone who's done less than 15 classes. Oh, yeah. Lord. And all these other women, uh, all the other women were like dancers and fitness instructors. And they were all just like the beautiful, large, glistening muscles. We and Tessa were basically like this French and Saunders act in the corner. <laughs> being like, yes! Just oh. like flopping and slopping around. And <laughs> I think Tessa, Tessa, you described because I was with Tessa the next day doing the audio book, and you were telling me about it. And she she described it as it was like a fish being thrown at a pole. And then we decided you were both the emoji, you know, the little fish emoji on the pole that is actually yes! yeah. That's what you were both as you too, both trying to it's pole just- dance flopping around but we did get somewhere and after an hour and a half we were like okay i'm not doing anything impressive but i have grasped it a bit mentally and yeah you've hold you've held the pole in your hand i've held the pole will you go back yeah i think we will go back and with that level of confidence (laughs) of simply uh trying things out of Mm. not worrying about how it goes Let's get deep into tarot cards. And I think if everybody could attempt to say their own personal history very quickly with a little bit of the history of tarot cards, much like their origins in 15th century Italy, as I would have been introduced by the court fortune teller, I was introduced to it by our good friend Caroline in a Greek taverna in London. And I'd never had someone read my cards before. And it blew my mind and I took pictures of each one and it really, really stuck with me and I felt very profoundly affected by it and I went straight home and bought the same pack that she had, which if you're listening and you're like, what the hell is this? I don't know how to get into tarot. My starter pack was the Byzantine Tarot. It costs about $11.99 online. It comes with very, very nice tarot cards and also a book. And I do think the book is very important. And then you can also get the original Rider Waite Uh, which is the classic one, but then there's also all kinds of novelty ones. And I'm sat here with Game of Thrones tarot, and I also have the tarot of sexual magic, which is so sexy that I'm not even going to show you. (laughs) They are (laughs) truly rude. And that's my journey into tarot cards. Stevie, like the word tarot, which derives (laughs) from the German tarot and the Italian tarocci, I arrived at tarot not through Germany or Italy. When I was 13, I I was very much a full Wiccan. (laughs) I had an an altar in my bedroom. My parents were sort of beside themselves, quite frankly. I used to, because I used to keep stealing herbs from the kitchen. (laughs) They were like, we now can't make 
spag bowl because you've taken all of the basil. All the basil. Or whatever. Asked for my like 14th birthday, asked for a mortar and pestle, didn't get it. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> breaking my oh, <laughs> Never had one. That stopped when I went to university and discovered drinking. <laughs> I'm not even joking. It was like, oh, I spend my nights getting pissed rather than high on doing song salutations and singing songs to the moon, which I genuinely, my dad found me singing a song to the moon in the garden at like one in the morning. Anyway, then got very heavily into horoscopes in the year of 2012 when I didn't have a job or a home and got dumped. Uh, very helpful horoscopes told me I would be published and I wanted to be a writer at that point. So I was like, oh my God. And that led me onto tarot. That year I also found a pack of tarot cards in a tube station and was like it's fate that I found them they found me I don't know what they I honestly couldn't tell you what type they are but they're sort of Swiss they're just just called tarot classic and the pictures on them are absolutely dire like just so there's one where there's a woman she's pissing on herself they're like woodcuts they and all of the people look like pigs and there's one pig with its butt out and it's holding another pig's tit and that's judgment. <laughs> so um, that's just a little... But, but what I do is I will basically, yeah, if I'm having a bad day every sort of once, every few months, I'll read tarot, I'll Google all of the meanings, I'll get very confused about it. When I get my um, reading for myself, I'll sort of be like, oh, I probably did it wrong. And then I, and then I, and then I hate myself. So that's, that's my tarot journey. Now, Caroline, what's, what's your tarot journey? Well, I wouldn't say I was as fully Wiccan as, as you were. I didn't have an altar, but I was definitely like super, super interested. And I, I got my first pack, uh, like a, a kind of Irish version of the works, like an outlet shop kind of thing yeah, for, okay. for rejected non-pulped books. And I was on holidays with my family and yeah, I just bought, bought it with my holiday money as sort of a guide, but obviously didn't really understand it at all. Tried to kind of teach myself and I brought it into, I was definitely in primary school at the time, but brought it into school and was reading everyone's tarot or whatever and like completely just making it up as I went along. But like just sort of hooked on the power of the dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And, and I had like, you know, my mum's holiday scarf. You, you know how like your mum always had like one turquoisey beaded. Oh sort of my God. Throw. You've just also, my, I, the moment you said holiday, holiday scarf, I thought, oh yeah, my mum does have a turquoise and black holiday scarf. Turquoise! Turquoise. I used to take them into the school, like wrapped up in the scarf with ribbon around oh it. Oh my God. Yeah. And then I would open it up on the table and then just have it all. And then people would come to me and like, yeah, but I had absolutely, <laughs> I even I kind of saw myself as a charlatan. I was like, I'm coming in with my snake oil <laughs> for the, the, the good, the good deep currency of attention. But then years later, when I was about 24, 25 uh, my boyfriend got me a set, that, that that same set, the Byzantine set that Tessa mentioned for a Christmas present as as kind of a gag gift. And then I just got really, really into them. And my friend, uh, Jen Cowney, who's now basically a professional tarot reader, she got into them around the same time. Yeah, we just sort of like taught each other and she went to courses and I read books and like we would just sort of meet up and drink wine and read each other's tarot. And then we started just reading it for more of our friends, which is, that was a kind of thing, like me and Tessa, we've known each other for a long time, but I think that's when we started becoming quite close was around mm, that time. It was tarot. It was tarot. It was like every time I saw you. It was like a six-hour dinner in a restaurant with Taro. And it's just such a lovely way to just start conversations with people and all that. 
I think the mum's holiday scarf thing, while not present in our readings, the spirit of the scarf was very much there. And there was this same, like, here are the cards and I'm going to do your reading. There was this real showmanship to it, which which you're calling charlatanism. And I would say is just absolutely part and parcel of the whole thing and part of what you're buying into. Because I think people are like, yeah, but like, they're just pieces of paper. You're like, yeah, sure. Everybody gets that. But like, we're all buying into the idea of it and the moment that you do a reading for somebody and you describe the card or whatever and they're like yeah that's me like I'm I'm up that tree (laughs) you know and they and they for whatever reason find a connection to the thing or take some hope from it or be like okay I'm gonna leave my job or okay yeah this you know it's like okay like we they are they are cool you know they're really you're helping you're you're helping helping them make connections I think people that have never chatted to friends about tarot or had tarot read by friends and they've only like maybe at most gone to like a some sort of tarot tent in a fairground and that's it or never even thought about them you go oh the, the power that you have you know what if you draw the death card it's very negative and it's like no but none of the cards are like you will die and that is the end like all the yeah. cards are it's more about the question you're asking and it's more about what it brings out of you and then you look at that and go oh I turns out I did really want to leave my job because mm. at the moment the yeah. drop of a hat I made that connection or turns out I I asked about my career, asked about my, my relationship. Why am I asking that? And like you say, it's a really, it must be a very nice way to, to chat because it opens people up and it makes people think about their own lives in a way that when you're just having a conversation, people might not feel comfortable talking about that or mm. not know how to bring that yeah. up. It really is. I think the greatest mistake that people make about tarot is that they... They want it to be like a literal magic trick and they, mm. they'll either go to you know a friend who's interested or maybe someone in a, in a tent or whatever. What they want is they want to sit down and they want to come away with like one anecdote to tell their friend so that they, they can be like, oh, okay. And she, um, I sat down and she said, oh, I, uh, how's George doing? And I'm like, oh, how did she know that my boyfriend's name is George? They want this sort of like kind of spiritual magical dog and pony show that they can then sort of trade on or they want to be they want to prove that the whole exercise is full of shit Mm. and it's just the worst energy to go into anything like that with because what I think they are primarily as you said Stevie they're like this they're this tool for conversation they're this tool for introspection and there there will always be I mean there's this, this term that people use a lot called cold reading which is the idea that somebody, you know, your sort of presentation is giving a reader certain clues, like what, you know, what you're wearing, how you're carrying yourself, you know, maybe you've got dark circles around your eyes, uh, maybe you're on screens a lot. There's lots, lots of things people can tell from your appearance. And that a lot of that a reader will take into the advice and the interpretations they give you when they're reading your cards. But just because those observations are based on just the naked eye and not necessarily a deep, you know, internal magic. It doesn't mean they're not true and it doesn't mean they're worthless. Mm. Like, because mm. what, what cold reading is, is just someone paying close attention to you. And I'm always like, is that worth nothing? I think it's mm. worth a lot, you know? Yeah, that's such a good point. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Let's take it to something more specific in terms of Caroline. Like, so, so, so say we've got a listener who's like, well, I've got some tarot, but... Oh, not for me. I don't yeah. know how to do it. Hold- yeah. So let's assume we're, we're all holding our cards. We're all listening yeah. in. We're, we're absolutely chomping at the bit. Where do we go from here, Caroline? What do we... Here we are. <laughs> We've all here got we are. There. So, okay, as, as we just said, these are conversation prompts. They can be highly interpretive. And sometimes you're just like, sometimes you just know that people want to talk. But that, there's also like a formal system with which these cards work and the thing is when you just deal out a few cards and you see like oh god the five of cups and uh, the star and uh, the the king of wands and you're like what, what? like it, it it does feel like a different language really but there is like a system of learning and a system with which these cards interact with each other that is actually once you break it down like any like learning any new language break it down to a sort of root verbs is actually very understandable and very easy to learn very quickly so shall I go through like the basics? Please. Oh my God, yes, I'm hooked already. I, I feel alive, yeah. Alive, <laughs> yeah. So within tarot, there are seven, in, well, I'm dealing here with the Rider Waite tarot. There are other kinds of decks. There are angel cards, which I think lots of people will have grown up with that have generally have the meaning written on them. There's the Thoth deck, which was created by Aleister Crowley, um, which I am less into. But the, the main tarot is based on the Rider Waite Smith cards um, and that lots of most decks will derive from them. And this this deck has 78 cards and that is sort of built of three parts. The first part is the major arcana. And the major arcana are these sort of big feelings cards. They're the big energies that sort of make up our both our internal lives and the world around us. And they're the, they're also the cards that you will recognize. So that's death, the lovers, all those, they're movie stars, right? They are like, they're the Meryl Streeps, they are the Emma Stones of the tarot. Those cards are actually very easy to guess. Yes, there's a lot of reading you can do with our tarot, there's lots of books you can read, but you can actually just sit with those cards and, and most of the cards really, and just look at how they're presented, look at how they make you feel. Like we all know when we see judgment that we can just use our own you know, interpretive skills to be like, am I judging myself? Am I judging others? You know, that's quite easy. You know, the Wheel of Fortune sort of makes us think very naturally about like chance and how maybe all the good things that somebody has is just their week for it to be their good thing. And maybe next week you'll have your good thing. And these things are constantly changing and constantly moving. So when it comes to learning, they're the easiest ones to get acquainted with first. If you're trying to learn the tarot, 
just jot down on a piece of paper what they make you feel, what they make you think. And then like a fun thing, cross-reference that with a book or an online resource and be like, oh, I was right. And that's quite fun. Then we have the suits, which are the minor arcana. And if the major arcana were the Meryl Streep's, the minor arcana are like the Stanley Tucci's. Like they're the character actors <laughs> who, really, who really bring a movie to life, you know? And they're made up of, of four suits, which is the, the wands or the rods, which are these long sticks. The pentacles or the coins, which are generally represented by stars that are within a circle. The cups, which are just cups. They kind of look like wine goblets most of the time. And the swords, which are just swords. And that's obviously intimidating, but, you know, it, it's, it's they're the same as playing cards with hearts and spades and all of that. Mm-hmm. A really interesting way that I always find helpful of remembering what those suits actually mean, because they all represent something, is to kind of like a head, shoulders, knees and toes trick. So the head is, the, is swords. So everything to do with swords is to do with the mind. It's to do with mental anguish. It can be a really heavy suit Generally, if someone's getting a lot of swords in their reading, it's like a time to hold hands because they are, they're going through it. It's generally, it's anxiety, it's depression, it's wanting to get out of something but not knowing how. It's the mental knots you tie yourself in. When, it's the kind of thing where we, you know, when people go to you, just quit your job if you don't like it. And you're like, I can't because what if there's not another one and then they have no money. It's like that. It's that yeah. level of like internal frazzlement. Then we go down to the heart, that's cups. And so cups are kind of the suit of water and this it's this thing of, of love and friendship and this constantly recuperating and flowing resource. And generally when a lot of cups come up in a reading, it's because somebody's thinking a lot about their relationships or generally one specific relationship or their love life can often be the deal there. Mm-hmm. Down to the loins. So it's like heads, heart, loins and feet. <laughs> is that is this is working? Oh, yes. Right. We have the wands or the rods. I bet you do. Yeah, I do. Think think rods, think dicks. Rods are the suit (laughs) of fire and animus and drive and creativity and, like, getting stuff done and, like, writing your play, putting on a show in the old barn, like that... That vibe. And generally, Sorry, where's your play being put on? Thank you. Thank the you, old Tessa. barn? Is that where <laughs> I'm put on a show in the old barn. Okay. Just clarify. Have you heard that expression? It's the hottest, no. the hottest venue in town. Okay. Put on your play in the hot, the old barn, everyone. You know, there's like, okay. there's like Julie Garland. In Julie, these Julie Garland movies, they used to always be like, ah, well, shoot, if we can't put on a show in the theatre, we'll put one on in the old barn. I see. Gorgeous. <laughs> oh, yes. Is the vibe. They do do that. Like in White Christmas, they put that big show on in the old in barn. In the old barn. It's Perfect. massive. Um, and then finally is the suit nobody likes. It's, it's the, pe- the pentacles or the feet. Nobody likes it because it, it feels very counterintuitive to the tarot because everything to do with the pentacles is just like the suit of Excel spreadsheets. It's the suit of like, have, are you checking your banking app every day? Are you being responsible with your money? Are you, you know, you've reached a place of new prosperity. Are you using that wealth to help other people? Are you hoarding it to yourself? Do you know that the opposite of poverty isn't abundance, it's contentment? You know, it's it's like learning those lessons about material goods, which mm-hmm. like when you want to have a witchy time, getting the four of pentacles is just like, this is boring. <laughs> like, I don't want to <laughs> like fucking download the plum app, you know? <laughs> I'm drunk and it's 3 a.m. Yeah. Come on. And meanwhile, your friends are getting like the devil and the lovers and all this. 
And then the sort of like the minor arcana sort of part two is the court cards, which generally for people who are learning the tarot, it's the most difficult, I think, because they're figures, they're people. It's like the, the, the page, the knight, the queen and the king. And pages are people who are generally young and new and they, they want to learn everything, but they don't know anything yet. And they're enthusiastic and childlike. Knights are people who like, they're sort of the kind of the ex-boyfriend card a lot of the time, where it's mm-hmm. like people who are charismatic and gifted, but they think they know too much and they sort of like, they leap before they look and that kind of thing. And they often break a lot of hearts in the way. And then the queen and the king are kind of uh, quite binary in that they're the female and male energies of that suit. And by f- and it's like, you know, it, it's quite gender stereotypical. The female energy is supposed to be more internal, more caring, more nurturing. And then the male energy is supposed to be more authoritative, more presidential, almost. And, and when you draw a page, a, a queen and a king, usually it's about somebody that the reader is thinking about, or is it uh, the person you're reading for is thinking about, or is it them? Or does it depend? It, it, it really depends. It, it can be either, really. And like, that's, I think that's why they throw people. Because this, this is what I was like anyway. Instead of engaging with the card and the message of the card, I was like, ooh, who's the king of cups in my life? Is it Gav? Mm. <laughs> you know? And, and, that's, and that was like more distracting. It's a bit like, you know, how in a dream, everyone in the dream is you. Mm. That's kind of the same thing, really. Everyone in the cards is you. It really doesn't, the cards doesn't know anything about anybody else apart from how you feel about them. And like wh- where something a- a- appears in the spread. So you, people know spreads like past, present, future and that kind of stuff. When you lay a spread, you can make up what each card means. So you could be like, well, this card, whatever goes in this place is going to be my goal. And this one is going to be oh, my problem. I make up a spread. I didn't I've know always either. been frightened of spreads. So I've always done past, present, yeah. future because I've always been like, oh, it's too much. So the idea of like, that's a lovely thing as well, I suppose, because there's a lot of chat when you try and, you know, when you read a book or you, about tarot or you go on an article and there's a lot of chat about, you know, getting to know your cards. Don't, don't mm. read books. Just know, and, it's, and that's actually put me off because it's like, well, I don't back myself for any of the things. Yeah. I'm looking at it and being like, what does this make me feel? I mean, I've just picked out the instruction card. Okay, what does it make me feel? It's the page of wands. Well, I don't know. He's just a man. He's holding a, a bit of grass. I don't know what that means. So I also like like to know and like to really... But the idea that you can make your own spreads would be helpful for someone like me, for example, who is very like prescriptive and wants to make sure they're doing the right thing because that's a good yeah. like gateway into bonding with your own cards and like bonding mm. with how you read tarot without... Yeah jumping straight in with make up your own meanings if you're frightened of that for example mm. yeah yeah like a reading i used to always do when when me and tessa were first reading together was like it was kind of like a hero's journey or basically like a movie where like every movie is basically laid out in the same way where it's like here's the main character as we we have him here's the first barrier here's the first friend here's the you know second act thing here whatever and i would use that storytelling to take somebody through whatever problem they were going through in their life and almost treat their life like a movie, which is how people think about their lives anyway. Mm. That's why we like movies, because we're like, ah, yes, the way the world is. (laughs) So we were doing this reading, myself and my friend Jen, where the Queen of Cups came up and in the position she was in, we had decided that that was like going to be, what is blocking Caroline right now? What's going on? But And the Queen of Cups, what she sort of means is a kind of a, character who is like endless empathy she's always like a listening ear she's got like she loves her friends and that kind of stuff 
And because she came up in that blocking area, Jenzer said to me, she's like, like, do you feel like that you sometimes give too much space to friends and lovers and family and that maybe there's nothing left over for you at the end of the day? And I just burst into tears and I'm like, yes! Mm. So like you can have, you end up having these sort of like, very deep relationships with the cards over time and they mean different things to you as 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 you go on you know to put myself in it for a second last night i felt profoundly jealous of something very specific that one day perhaps i will share <laughs> but not now and i was quite cross about it and i it got my tarot cards out which is tells you how cross i was because i hadn't used them for mm-hmm. ages and i read them and it was the king of pentacles and the ten of wands which as we've learned is the the wands the loins the bits the stuff and it's a man carrying all these wands mm. you can't see his face he's just like charging he's charging carrying like way too many stuff but he's like he's on the go and then the king of pentacles who initially i was like okay like money i guess and like oh don't worry the, the king is coming <laughs> it's what i took from it <laughs> Don't worry, the king is coming. I, I put in the other one who's got too many wands, too many rods. But what I take from coming. it, what I take from it now, listening to you explain it, is like, do the fucking work. Like, do the work. If your thing is like, oh, you're jealous of this thing, it's like, well, pick up your own wands then, for God's sake, and do your king of pentacles, which is like, simply, it's the feet. Like, just start walking. It's not yeah. a sort of like, oh, things, it's like, yeah, they're coming, but only if you walk towards them. Like, you idiot. You've got loads of stuff. Here's all your ideas, you idiot, because you've got too yeah. many of them. Put them in your big bundle of twigs and set off. So. <laughs> the Ten of Wands is such a... I, I get that card a lot as well because it's it's a card of creative martyrdom. It, mm. It's such a thing of being like, I've got I've got all these projects on the go, but none of them are doing anything. And Nobody like, wants any of my sticks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, obviously the answer to that is like, maybe put down some sticks and, and obviously the put some sticks. down. Like, show someone your stick yeah. sometimes as well you're just walking around with all these sticks and no one's even seen you've got them <laughs> so obviously when you're reading the card so well that's fun the, the, that, that spread that you said about doing it like a film and making up your own spread maybe like you could go online and like look at some other spreads yeah. for inspiration and then like make your own up and stuff the thing that always used to stop me from like reading them but then until I was like oh just do it was that I always feel like well I can't read them until like I, I know without even having to look anything up it's like, well, it's a, it's okay to look stuff up, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. of course. Oh, God. Yeah, you need to. Yeah, like, um, definitely, like, finding a good tarot because a lot, like, sometimes you get really lucky and, like, a lot of the cards come with its own little instructional booklet and some yes. of them are really well written, but a lot of them are not. A lot of them yeah. are just, like, a, like a tiny, like, a matchbook-sized little booklet and, and it'll just be is. like... It's shit. And it just says, all it says is, look, I've lost it. Okay, so, so little about it. But it just has one word. You're yeah. Like, oh. Right. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I would say that if anyone is listening and you have your cards and you have been struggling, get a book, a proper big book, because mm. this little, the little matchbook I've just found here in my thing, I'm like, this is incoherent. And if I try to read from this, it's like the seven, exceedingly contradictory. End. <laughs> you're like, yes. You're like, what's what the use Great. is that? What you book know? would you recommend, Caroline, for for a beginner? The book I recommend to everybody is Modern Tarot by Michelle T. But the thing about Michelle T, she's been a tarot reader. She's, I think, she's in her fifties now. She's been a tarot reader since her early twenties. Um, so like professionally, but she writes about it in this really, really friendly way, and she uses like anecdotes from her own life to explain like oh, this was a time where, you know, I was very two of cups or something. And it's like when someone is, is like 
you know, and she's a memoir writer as well. When someone is willing to give you that level of information, it sort of, mm. and give you a story, it really helps you remember them better mm. and yes. understand them better as well. Feeling very cuppy. But also it's useful to know that like, if you're somebody who like wants to memorize this stuff and like just have to have it down quickly and then sort of do more reading later, uh, there's kind of, there's a, new, there's a numerological system within that one to 10, within those minor arcana cards that goes across all of them. So you can kind of just learn what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and 10 means in each suit. And you can kind of apply, you're like, okay, if fives are always about struggle, and then this is the five of cups, then obviously that's going to be some kind of deep struggle of the heart. And so you can, you can learn these sort of things. <laughs> I already was like, it's going to be a big struggle with your feet because I got it wrong. That's the pentacles, but I'm getting there. You're getting there. Feet are the pentacles. Yes. Heart is the cups. Loins is the wands. Head I is the I only remember the rod. No, I loins. know. I know. Loins. And the swords because I thought beheading yourself, it's about your mind. Yeah. I was like, that's not very sword, nice. Sword through the head, but that's it. It's, it's worries of the mind. So are the fives always about struggle across the board? Yeah, fives are never good. And, one, <laughs> and ones? Basically, go through one to ten and give us a word. Yeah, really quickly. One. <laughs> okay, this is no. This is going to be hard because I'm rusty. But um, so ones are like think of the ace in playing cards. So they're the purest energy of that card. So if you get if if you get the sort of one the or the ace rather. The oh, sorry. Ace are of, there no ones? No, it's aces. Just like oh, sorry. Cards. Yeah, they're the pure energy of whatever that is. If it's the ace of cups, it means that you have like so much love and affection that's sort of brimming over and needs to go somewhere. It needs to be channeled into a river. If it's the ace of swords, it can often mean that you need clarity and decision making, and you need to have a cool, swift blade just like cutting through all your mental bullshit. If you're a pentacles, you've got too many feet, and you need to <laughs> too have many. two feet. Lose one. Two, two, three, four. Twos are generally about either like. Two Two things coming together, which is very easy to remember. It's often about unity. I, I'm using cups and swords a lot because they tend to be the most passionate ones and the most extreme cards. But like the two of cups is like two people coming together and it's almost like the lovers. It's like, oh, it can be about friendship, but it can all, it's, it's mostly about just like feeling perfect harmony with another person. And it's a really romantic card. Threes are generally, I could be, this may, this may not apply across all four suits, but for me, they generally means about including others the three the three of cups is like a very famous card because it's about it's like three women just dancing holding cups together looking like they're having a hen do it's you know that bit in in about a boy at the very end where he says oh i used to think you know that you need two people and then i thought you need three people and actually you need much more than that it's like it it tends to be that kind of thing Mm. oh lovely but then conversely the three of swords can be what it's like when people when you let people in and they fucking hurt you it's that three sort of three swords There's three swords in your, in your mind yeah mm. so you got your fours fours tends to be you've hit your first real dilemma like you've hit your first sort of okay. block on the road your first little struggle mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then fives are about fighting that fight fighting that little fight and and coming out right and then you come out onto your six and you're like right i've done it i'm getting a bit knackered like sixes tend to be like you've survived something you've gone through something there's some pain there are some scratches there are reasons to retreat seven tends to be about sort of strategizing planning your next move 
eights tend to be about rallying your strength and then like nines are generally this real triumph moment of being like you did it you've done it or it's you've almost done it or whatever it it works kind of like a movie it does like any Ah. kind of hero's journey does and then by 10 10 is a really interesting one because it's like you've got to the end of the story you know for 10 of cups it's often like a a person depicted with their loving family but then for ten of swords it's a person with ten swords in their back good lord it's a really hard card to get but when when you deal it with someone and here's the thing part of me believes that these are just conversational tools and they are printed in board game factories and they are just sort of therapy cards but also Sometimes I'm like, this is real magic because I've never dealt the Ten of Swords to anybody who didn't know exactly why they were getting the Ten of Swords mm. because they've had the, the, maybe they've had a really difficult year or like a miscarriage or like something really awful, pain that we cannot imagine. And the Ten of Swords is there to tell you, to sympathize that like that was awful, but it doesn't, it will not get any worse. And the cycle That's will, and the cycle will begin again. Because we're already at, we're at 10. There's nowhere to yeah, go from there's here. there's 10 swords in your back. Yeah, yeah. There ain't, there ain't no more swords in the deck, you know, it's, yeah. it's ace from here, you know. It's, yeah, exactly. It's ace from here. And so generally, even though that card is so brutal, people, once you explain it to them, are really happy to see it because it's like, it's going to, it's yeah. going to end, you know, mm. it's going to end. We went down to the bottom. We're at the bottom of that sort of hero's journey, Dark Knight of the Soul. Yes. We're at it. And then it's we're returning to the, we're returning. Oh, yeah. yes, please. But we're very nearly at the end. I feel there's so much more to talk about, but we, we have to finish. But I think it brings us so beautifully to a really important thing, which is both like these can be really real and so important to people. This sort of has to be a very private thing if people mm. want to do it. Like you truly, if people say like, let's do it at a party and it's like in front of everybody, like unless yeah. you really trust everybody, this isn't going to be an exciting experience. It has to be a sort of personal yeah. and I'm ready to tell you the truth when you say the Ten of Swords has come up, like what's going on? And you have to be honest and it isn't something you can really do on camera yeah, <laughs> for, lo- really for lols because yeah. it's really, really private because it's got to be really honest. So I think that's a really important thing is like either it's personal, it's just you doing it on your own or it's you with one person who is really bought into the experience, who is for whatever reason is like, yeah, I'm I'm in and I'm prepared to do this. And I think, you know, there's lots to be said for sort of uh, candles and there being time yes. and nobody being in a rush and the Salt. sort of and salt and cleansing the area and basil in your pestle and mortar and rolling out the holiday scarf that's just mm. like we're committing to this experience and and being honest because what's the point of it if you if it isn't really honest you know the cards can't show up for you if you don't show up for the cards yes yes that's very, very good very good, yes. good. Very good. Uh, i hope if you are beginning your tarot journey or you're stuck in the middle of it or you've never even thought about it you you're open to the idea and it's helped you even if you're i mean i've got eight packs in front of me and i didn't know half of that stuff so i'm i'm really excited and and thank you so much caroline for giving us your expertise and your time. And happy your Halloween. And happy bloody Halloween, everyone. Where would you like people to follow you, Caroline? But I'm at Zara Online on Instagram and um, my podcast, Sentimental Garbage. And also I want to add that my book, All Our Hidden Gifts, even though it is for teenagers and maybe not everyone is comfortable reading a book for teenagers, it's basically also a guide to tarot. Because a, lot, a lot of what I've just said is also in there somewhere because the main character, Maeve, 
learns tarot throughout the book. Oh, great. So that's all in there. And one final push for Caroline. Really, I'm tooting your horn today. Mm-hmm. Um, her first two grown-up books, uh, Promising Young Women and Scenes of a Graphic Nature, are also out and also fantastic. And if you prefer to listen as opposed <gasps> to read and you would like to listen to the audiobook, it's me reading it. Promising Young Women, not Scenes of a Graphic Nature. They chose an Irish lady but an irish asshole an irish asshole (laughs) but the first one is me yeah thank you so much and uh, thank you all for listening join us so next week some more business happy halloween everybody happy i think it's pronounced saween or something and and that's the place to end on i reckon okay brilliant okay okay bye Hi, I'm Lucy Beaumont. And guess what? I'm Sam Campbell. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy our podcast. It's called Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brains. We have a podcast and uh, it might be, uh, I probably don't want to sound, um, you know, like I'm bragging, but it's dynamite. It is electric. It's high voltage. And please, we really need you to listen. You don't understand how much we need this. Is it on all the platforms? Oh, it absolutely is. But um, yeah, this one is coming. This one's out now. Lucy and Sam's perfect brands.